Hey mama, welcome to the Mama Cabinet Making Informed Decisions in Motherhood and Beyond podcast. It's me, Amanda, H-back mom of three. That's right, sister, three kids, where every day there is never a dull moment and crazy is the doom normal up in this house. (laughs) Seeker of truth and a passion for helping other mamas like you discover their potential by providing valuable, informative information on pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, natural lifestyle, and motherhood, all in a Christian perspective. With a lot of laughs, mixed with some witty humor, of course, I will help you discover what your options are, the fruit of those decisions, and what you can accomplish in your motherhood journey with conviction and passion. Whether you're a mom of multiples or just getting started, I'm here to remind you that you were created to do this. You got this, girl. Welcome to the tribe. I am so excited that you are here. So let's get started. I'm so happy you're back. Welcome, welcome. Today's topic is going to be amazing. And I thoroughly enjoyed gathering all the information for this topic so that I am able to clearly communicate it to you today. And let me just say real quick, we have had such a busy last few weeks here in this house. We started homeschooling two weeks ago and we just finished our second week. And through a lot of trial and error, learning two different curriculums, adding not just one child to homeschooling, but two kids. So now I have two kids in homeschooling this year. So it's been a huge learning curve, not just for the children, but for me as well. And I've just been go, go, go. And just, I'm happy to be here to say the least. (laughs) I thoroughly anticipate all the conversations that we have. So without further ado, today's topic is about childbirth classes. And I'm going to start this episode like I normally start all my episodes is with a verse. And I want you to think about it. And you're probably going to think, how does this have to do with childbirth classes? (laughs) And I'll get to that later on. But this verse is from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And that's the English standard version which also means the extra saved version. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's not what it really means. But (laughs) I mean, come on, guys. We are not saved by works. We're saved by salvation alone, by grace alone. So obviously, if you read ESV does not mean that you're extra saved. Or if you don't read the ESV, you are not saved at all. So (laughs) just to clear that up, I know you probably already know that. But like I said, today's topic is about childbirth classes and should we take them and are they important and I'm gonna wait to answer those questions at the end of this episode so let's find out together okay so first it would actually would not be a mama cabinet podcast without giving a little bit of history on why things are the the way that they are how they became what they are and the tradition behind it So I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Okay, so you're probably wondering or have maybe you're not even wondering. Maybe we've never even asked ourselves 
where does this come from? Like, where did it all start? I often think about that sometimes when I think, you know, why do we do what we do? Or why do we do it that way? I wonder why. And I wonder who thought one day waking up, like, we're going to do it like this. You know, so I wonder, I was wondering that with this, like, who thought of providing a childbirth class for women? And the more I did research, the more I was like, seriously, this is how this got started. I mean, out of all the people that could have done this, this is who did it. So it's quite comical. Um, and we'll get into it here in a little bit. But childbirth education, the whole concept is rooted with the American Red Cross back in 1908 in New York City. Together, Marjorie Carmels and Elizabeth Bing formed American Society of Psychoprophylactis in Obstetrics. It was later changed to Lamaze International in 1997. Okay, so a little bit history of the Lamaze method. This is actually probably the most popular childbirth classes that anybody can probably think of nowadays. I actually know somebody personally who their mother was a Lamaze method teacher in one of their local hospitals. So this is a really popular, popular method of childbirth classes. And the Lamaze method is named after the French gentleman, Ferdinand Lamaze. He modified the psychoprophylactic version that was based on a training done by Russian scientists named Niko Leof. It's spelled N-I-K-O-L-A-Y-A-V. I don't speak Russian, so I'm probably butchering that. But this scientist emphasized the prevention of pain by psychological strategies. He emphasized controlled breathing, abdominal stroking, and pressure on points on the back and the hip. Simultaneously, in Great Britain, Dick Reed, an English obstetrician, who used chloroform to laboring women in the last stage of labor, began his curiosity when a woman who was giving birth actually refused to receive the chloroform. And her excuse was she believed that the birth process was painful and she didn't, she believed that drugs were not necessary because it was not a traumatizing, painful experience. And so when he had discovered that, it actually caused him to be more curious and to actually push him to further study and observe the natural childbirth process. Dick Reed then came up with the method they called the Reed method, which was based on the belief that the mind and the body are interacting as a whole and the fundamental cause for pain was actually fear. His method included lectures on pregnancy, labor and delivery, physical exercise programs to promote general health, relaxation techniques to reduce muscle tension, and breathing exercises for pregnancy, labor, and delivery. And this method, the Reed method, was introduced to the U.S. in 1956 by Pope Pius, which caused the public to demand more information about health and resulted in childbirth becoming a social issue. So that was a little bit of a detour. Back to Lamaze. Lamaze took the Russian scientist method. He modified it to suit an audience, and this audience was actually the French culture. This method was then promoted 
by Bing and Carmel, so much so that they formed the Little Ma's International and in 1965 created the first education and certification program for childbirth educators. Then in 1960, International Childbirth Education Association was founded, ICEA, and they actually certified childbirth educators and still do today. Now, another person who was a huge supporter of this psychoprophylactis was an author named Dembra Tanzer, and she was an author for the natural birth process. She stated, women consistently report greater ability to cope with labor after attending class, and those who report peak experiences have their husbands present for the birth. About five years later, in 1965, Robert Bradley, who was also a follower of the Reed Method, came up with the Bradley Method by publishing a book called The Husband Coached Birth, which is very much still used today, especially in the natural childbirth process. They call it the Bradley Method. So that's just a really quick rundown on where childbirth education comes from, especially the most popular ones the Lamaze method, and as well as, like I said, the Bradley method is very popular nowadays. So you're probably wondering, what do childbirth classes do? How do they benefit people? Okay, so some of the things that they could do for somebody is they prepare you for what is to come, especially if you have never seen or never gone through labor, especially if you're a first-time mom. It helps educate you for that process so that you know what to expect. It also helps take the shock value out of labor. But one of the main things that I think they really do, which is really important, is that it provides confidence and helps reduce fear. Okay, so I'm going to get real with you for a minute, like real mom talk. (laughs) It is not the hospital's main priority or primary job in labor to coach you through labor, okay? Their job, their main thing during the time where you step foot in that hospital and you are in active labor or you are induced and you're going through the labor process and delivery process is they're there to honestly just oversee you, your baby, your health, and you and your baby's health and well-being, during the labor and delivery and recovery process. Their main thing is keeping records. Their main thing is making sure that labor is progressing the way that they have this idea that it should go and the way that it factually should go as well. That is their main focus. And so it is important that when you show up for labor at the hospital, that you, if you are having a hospital birth, let me just say that really quick. If you're having a hospital birth, this is what their main job is, okay? They're not really there to teach you about the birth process or tell you what your body is doing or to help you get through the process. That's really not their job, hence why a lot of people hire a lot of doulas. If you go in not knowing anything, you, you're going to be screwed, And it will be traumatizing whether or not categorized as a traumatic labor because traumatic labors actually do exist and people do experience trauma from labor. But if you go in not knowing anything at all, of course, it's going to be traumatizing no matter what. 
I mean, you're not going to know what to expect and you're going to see and hear and feel things that your body has never even felt before or that you were ever completely aware of that your body could ever do. So it could be a very traumatizing experience solely for that reason. This is why childbirth education classes are good to take and are very beneficial for some people. A good childbirth education class will promote the competence of expectant parents in challenges of childbirth and early parenting. And a good childbirth educator will act as a facilitator by assisting those expectant individuals to identify their own unique goals for childbirth, balance these with goals within the healthcare system in their own personal situation, and move toward the fulfillment of their goals. And they will also promote informed decision-making and responsible choice related to maternity care. Some things that we can learn from these childbirth educators and the classes that they perform are many things, but I will only name a few. And I'm sure I'm probably missing something, so bear with me here. (laughs) So some of the things we can learn are breathing techniques, different labor and delivery positions, relaxation, and coping techniques. Any type of postpartum care, breastfeeding, information about medical procedures, different phases of labor and what to expect in each of those phases, evidence-based childbirth practices, You'll do some role-playing, and they can also teach you about infant care. Many hospitals and community organizations and independent childbirth educators offer childbirth classes. And normally, classes that are sponsored by a hospital and a caregiver group are likely to be provider-oriented classes. So that's a little bit of the risk that you're going to take when you take a childbirth education class in the hospital. They're going to be more talking about things that go on, their procedures and their processes, their policies and things like that in that particular hospital. And in a part of that risk is they tend to also avoid discussions of reasonable alternatives or hot controversial topics in maternity care. Hospitals might be an advocate for for the hospital rather than the consumer. So those are some of the risks that you probably will see if you want to take a hospital childbirth class. It's not the case for all of them. And if you don't want to take a childbirth class at a hospital, or maybe you're not even birthing at a hospital, maybe you're birthing at a birth center or a home birth. On our last chat, we talked about the three places that we can give birth and All three of those, I encourage you to go check them out and to listen to what those options are because there's so much information in regards to all three of them. But if you are not having a hospital birth or even if you are having a hospital birth and the childbirth class that they offer at your hospital doesn't seem to be one that you're interested in taking, there still are childbirth classes that you can take online and especially with independent childbirth educators. One of them is from ICEA, International Childbirth Education Association. If you go to their website, you can go ahead and look for a certified educator from their program, as well as if you're looking to a doula who's been certified from the program in your area. And some of those may act as independent childbirth educators, but then some of them might be practicing inside the very hospital that's within your area or with one that is relatively close by. 
Another program that certifies childbirth educators and doulas is CAPA, C-A-P-P-A. You can also go to their directory and find some childbirth educators and they may be practicing independently that you can maybe take something online or in person. So you can go to their website to do that as well. Some people, again, act as independent childbirth educators. Some of those are Mama Natural Birth Course. You can go to mamanatural.com, take our birth course. They also have an online Lamaze class. So some people can be certified through Lamaze, but they offer online classes as well. Birth Boot Camp is another childbirth education course that somebody can take. And one in particular, her name is Lala Lou Birth. And I personally have heard really great reviews about that particular childbirth education class. But also depending on what type of birth you're having, she has a specific course for every single one of those. So if you are an expecting parent that's having a baby in the hospital, she does a childbirth class on that or if you're having a birth center birth she'll have one on that or if you're having a home birth one she will go through a course with you on that so she offers a lot of different courses depending on your certain birth choice another one a lot of personal doulas may offer childbirth education classes Um, hospitals of course they do it as well but another girl she is her name is Liesl and her name is mama labor nurse I follow her on Instagram. She has a childbirth education course as well. She's also a labor and delivery nurse. So she has a lot of good information on what to expect. This is what the staff is going to do. This is what this means and that means. And then I will in the future offer childbirth education courses in the future. I'm currently working on that right now for you guys, but I will be offering that as well. And if you are looking to kind of go through a birth plan or figure out what's going to be the best option for you, I do offer one-on-one consultations for 45 minutes for a small fee. So if you're interested in that, my email is in the show notes. Email me and we can do a 15-minute consultation for free and we'll go over what you're looking for and then we'll go from there. Remember the questions that I asked you at the beginning of this episode? Are childbirth education classes important. Do I need to take them? Should I take them? Do you need to? No, you don't need to. Your body will do what it needs to do and your baby will be born with or without it. Should I? Maybe yes, because it builds confidence and it might answer a lot of questions that you may have about the childbirth process. Is it recommended? Personally, yeah, I recommend it. And the big reason is, is because I'm a big fan on being educated and on being informed. So whether it is through a childbirth class or you can be educated through books or you can be educated through your own personal provider, your personal caregiver, whether it's a a doula or whether it's a midwife or your OBGYN is very good about informing their patients about the birth process. Your biggest defense is your knowledge. And when it's ready for you to be able to give an answer, you will be able to know how to apply yourself in that situation. You will be able to know what answers to give, what to fight for, what not to fight for, things like that. And again, it prepares you for what's to come during labor. Labor is not for the faint of heart. 
it is a wild ride. And let me tell you, I've taken that rodeo three times and I may possibly take it more times in the future. So it really is not a experience to go into not knowing somewhat, even if it's a little bit about what is to come or what it is about or what your body is doing. Because if we obviously don't know what our body is doing, we're going to freak out and we're going to feel like, is this normal? Is this not normal? We're not able to listen to our bodies. And my biggest reason why I recommend it is because of fear. Fear is very interesting in the childbirth process, the labor and delivery process, because we can see it in multiple forms. Now, some of the fear that we might have or that you might have or that I know that I've had is the fear of failing. Like, are we going to be able to do what we had set out to do? And I really thought about this when I was first pregnant with my son and I was thinking about doing a home birth and throughout the whole process I was afraid of failing I was my fear was that I was going to fail myself I was going to fail my husband I was going to fail my parents I was going to just fail tradition and that was really something that I was really afraid of was like failing and so Also, some of the fear was not knowing what to expect. I was a first-time mom. You might be a first-time mom, and you might not know what your body is capable of doing. I just remember always thinking to myself, I know in the back of my mind that my body is going to do what it needs to do, and I know that my baby is going to do what it needs to do. But at the same time, I've never seen my body do it, so I don't even really understand the depth of what my body is capable of doing. So that was my fear, not knowing what to expect and the fear of failing. Also, what some people have in the fear of is pain or, again, competence. Can they do it? Can they not do it? Sometimes we fear the outcome or the what ifs, like what if my baby can't get through my pelvis or like what if my baby, you know, doesn't get in the right position that it needs to get into or what if, you know, what if it ends in my worst nightmare? I mean, I've experienced all these fears. And sometimes we're in fear of our past or our previous pregnancies and childbirth because they were traumatizing or they legitimately did end in our worst case scenario. Or they didn't go as planned. So what if this one doesn't? Or last time my body did this and it just wouldn't do that. And, you know, we think about all that and that actually causes us to worry have anxiety, and it causes us to have fear. And so when we think about our fear and we think about, okay, this pregnancy, what we're going through right now, our fear, and two of the types of fear that we see is fear of pain or fear of suffering. And it's very important to identify the differences and which one that you have. Okay, so the fear of pain, you'll experience pain at some point during labor. It's just inevitable, you guys. I, one of the things that somebody told me, a midwife told me one time, she said, you know, when I see my clients or my patients in pain during the labor is when it comes to the natural birth process, she was a midwife in a home birth setting. And she said, you know, when I see them, I try to help them cope with it because there's really nothing I can do because they're going to experience pain. But if I do something that inflicts pain on them, then that's a problem for me. 
meaning she's not okay with that. So that was a huge thing for me to hear that because it just made me think like, oh yeah, you're right. At some point during labor and delivery, you're going to experience pain or the after effects of labor and delivery. You're going to have pain. Um, You're going to be sore. You're going to be torn. I mean, if you're like me, you've literally almost tore in half (laughs) with my daughter. That's how it was. And so childbirth education is about being informed and it helps us to be able to cope with this pain through positions, breathing, and possible medical interventions. That's if you are having a hospital experience that's a little bit more of a go-to when it comes to pain. And also the pain that the fear of pain is pain of labor, the contractions, something that you want to avoid or relieve. Whereas the fear of suffering That's on another level, okay? It's like another layer because you're expecting pain, but your idea or your your thoughts towards it are that you're going to be left alone or that you can't escape it or you can't cope with it and you are going to, you're afraid of how you're going to react. This fear of suffering is an actual distressing state and you have feelings of helplessness, fear, panic, loss of control, and like I said, aloneness. And oftentimes the root of our fear of pain is the inability to cope with it and what or how we deal with it and what the outcome will leave us either in a traumatic or euphoric state. And so whether you have a fear of pain or the fear of suffering, fear in general is one of the greatest concerns for both men and women for caregivers. And hence why it's important to take care of it before Labor Day. And the reason is because the labor and delivery process is a whole body experience, is a body-mind working together experience. They're working together as one. And for some people, it's a spiritual experience. Fear causes stress and this stress hormone put us in a fight or flight response. And so the high level of this stress hormone can actually counteract oxytocin and our endorphins. These are the two out of the many hormones that we need during the labor and delivery process, as well as in postpartum almost immediately after the delivery because one, Oxytocin is what contributes to the contractions and our endorphins help us get into this conscious trance-like state during labor and you know that feeling, that very euphoric feeling that you get after you are done with the labor experience. I mean, I I still to this day always remember every time feeling like that. I just remember feeling once I was done, my baby was out, I always felt like, oh my gosh, I did it. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, just that euphoric state of just this high of, wow, I can't believe I did it. And wow, I can't believe they're here. This is so exciting. That is leftover endorphins. So we need those. Okay. And also when we have that over excessive maternal stress hormone levels during the first stage, it can cause, again, the suppression of the oxytocin and the endorphins, but it also increases the duration of the first stage. It could also decrease the blood flow to the uterus and the placenta. It can cause 
additional stress on the fetus and it can cause decelerations in the fetal heart rate. And speaking of low blood flow to the uterus and the placenta, the high levels of the stress hormone can put us in a fight or flight situation, which can decrease that blood flow to a lot of the major organs we need during that situation. And those organs are the heart, the lungs, and the brain, and the skeletal muscle. And it's not until actually the second stage where these hormones are at their highest. And the reason is because we need them. We need them for delivery. We need them to be alert. We need them for the physical strength. We need them for the speeding up of the birth. They are beneficial for that reason. And we have to get through first stage in order to get to second stage. First stage is the dilation process from zero to 10. That's where we do a lot of our work Our bodies do a lot of our work. Our babies do a lot of that work. But then the second stage, which is the delivery, there's still a lot of work with that as well. And our baby goes through a hard journey to get through that process. So if we have high levels of the stress hormone, it's going to slow down that first phase. But if we have high levels of that in our second stage, it's going to help speed up the birth process. So it goes from one end to the other on the spectrum on that. This stress hormone is triggered by physical danger, whether or not we feel that we are or aren't, some cases we might be, fear, okay, anxiety, and any other forms of distress. Fear and anxiety also may prevent or interfere with our ability to be in a place of receiving. This means in a place of receiving information from our care providers or anybody else who's trying to provide information to us that might be beneficial. And it could also cause you to perceive labor events or caregivers, words or actions as threatening or dangerous. And that's what childbirth educators also do as well. They are to reinforce the relationship between doctor and patient. And fear can destroy that. One of the ways that we deal with our fear and our anxiety so that we don't have these high levels of stress during labor is by educating ourselves, like I said, through childbirth classes or reading books. And childbirth classes can help you think about encouraging and comforting things you can use during labor. They help us be able to identify how to cope with the pain, how to work through our fears and anxieties, how to support ourselves in the labor and delivery event. So some of these things may include a doula, music, sense or aromatherapy, so bringing a diffuser or some essential oils that might help you be calm in your thoughts or focused or energetic, pictures of loved ones or people that you want there in mind and in spirit, pictures that maybe your children might have drawn for you before for this particular event, or maybe pieces of artwork that might be encouraging or bring you some calmness in mind and peace in heart. Loved ones, so your husband there, your mom there, your best friend, your grandma, whoever. Personal items, I'm a very big advocate on in the labor process, no matter where you are, having some personal items with you that make you feel comfortable, like clothing, pillows, blankets, 
slippers, um, whatever. Also words of affirmation. A lot of people thrive on this. I personally was not somebody to create words of affirmation during my labors. Just wasn't something that I was really interested in doing. But for people, this is a really big one for them as well. These words of affirmation could be encouraging scriptures or could be encouraging words just to help them remind them of strength and comfort and peace and in love. Massage and relaxation techniques, a birth plan to explain your concerns, your fears, your preferences, and your choices you're comfortable allowing. A birth plan is so, I feel, essential for some moms and especially moms who have had past trauma associated with their bodies or previous births. Okay, so I'm going to just backtrack here a little bit. We know that it is recommended that we take a childbirth class, mainly, in my opinion, if somebody has fear. And let's just think about this real quick, okay? How many of us enjoy letting our fear control us or our anxiety make us feel any better? I mean, those are questions that we genuinely have to think about sometimes when we are faced with fear and anxiety because honestly we face fear and anxiety in so many different ways in our daily life and what does it do it doesn't make us feel good like that's for sure i mean it can control us it can make us sick sometimes uneasy it can cause us to panic it can lead us into dark places and sometimes into depression or self-isolation or into other irrational fears. When I think about my own fear and sometimes the irrational part of my fear and anxiety, it really is funny because as long as I've been aware of it, I've always been afraid of heights, always. I mean, my kids can't even get close to a freaking balcony without me kind of freaking out a little bit and getting some anxiety or fear that something's going to happen because you never know. But that's just my irrational fear in some way. And it doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> it makes me feel scared and uneasy. And then I think about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that would be awful. And then I go down this rabbit hole and it just takes me into places that just are not fun to visit. And so having fear and oftentimes anxiety, it's normal. And sometimes it's justifiable. Like we fear that uh, our children are going to fall and get hurt. Or if they're doing X, Y, and Z, we're going to fear that they're going to break their arm. Or, you know, some of the mommy fears that I think everybody has is that if we aren't raising our children the right way, we fear that they're not going to be able to thrive in away from us. That's a little bit part of our fear. But how we deal with it is what matters, okay? And what does the Bible say we are to do with our fears and anxiety? Well, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And that's from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And it's such a popular verse to always revert back to and what a lot of people say. I mean, this is kind of one of those, you know, 
verses that a lot of people either preach sermons on or say oftentimes in their daily lives. But it really is true. It's such a powerful, I mean, all scripture is powerful. All scripture is there for instruction, for reproof, for correction, for encouragement. It's there for that reason. But at the same time, what is that peace? When we think about when it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, what is that? Have we even really thought about that? What does it mean by the peace of of God? And that peace is what Jesus says here in John 14, 27. It's peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives it, I give it unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It is the peace that Israel had going into battle and had victory over their enemies, the enemies of God. Ultimately, it is the same peace that calmed the storm. I mean, in one simple sentence, Jesus said, peace be still, and the seas and the waves, the tempest was calmed. That is that peace. It is the same peace that can calm your heart. And when we become like Peter, who gets overwhelmed by our boisterous wind of fear and our minds and our heart begin to sink because we're just so afraid of what is coming next or have anxiety of not knowing what is to come next, we can cry out to the Lord and he will stretch out his hand and he will catch us. So fix your mind on truth which is he will never leave us or forsake us as mothers and as parents, as husbands. He will never leave us. We are his children. He has adopted us into grace and he will never leave us or forsake us. And we have been given this peace, you guys. So let's seek it and lay hold of it because it's out there and it has freely been given to us by the finished work of Jesus Christ, who has brought us the ultimate settlement of peace between us and him, the reconciliation between us and him. He has done that, and he has done that for his chosen elect unto himself. So, Mama, I leave you with that encouragement for today, and I hope our chat has left you encouraged, empowered, and also a little curious on whether or not you will benefit from a childbirth class, you and your partner or just you and alone. Even if your partner is the one who's scared because they don't know what the birth process is like, they don't know what to expect, they don't know how to handle it. Um, or maybe there's some fear that they have within themselves, they might also benefit from a childbirth class as well. So we can't forget about the partners because they do experience some fear, some anxiety on some level, especially if this is their first rodeo. (laughs) So do your due diligence and educate yourself. And if you're interested in any of the childbirth classes that I recommended in this episode, I will put some information in the show notes so you can take a look at that in your own free time. That's all I have for you today, Mama. Until next time, take care. Hi again, before I let you go and we part ways, if anything from this episode has been encouraging and is resonating with you, please do not hesitate to leave an iTunes review at the end of this episode or share a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media. 
because not only do I love hearing from you, but I love helping and encouraging other mamas just like you. And who knows, maybe next time I will give you a huge shout out on our next episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications on when our next chat is going to be so you do not miss out on any valuable, informative information in regards to our next topic. Until next time, grace and peace to you, my dear friend. Okay, bye.